Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Ramirez, and welcome to the Hit List Podcast, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list and discuss them. This is Season 5, Episode 6, and I'm joined today by the most creative streamer on Twitch. Like, it should be a crime how, how awesome she is. Uh, Abra Katrina. Hello, Katrina. Thank you so Hi. much for returning oh. for this sh- to show. <laughs> that was very sweet. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted. You're so just you know craft bang me up no i'm kidding uh i'm katrina <laughs> i'm a, a crafting streamer like he said i stream we do photo shoots uh we make full costumes um yeah we have a lot of fun over there so if you hear like an upgrade in audio it's because i'm i messed up um <laughs> <laughs> uh, today i'm joined by the most creative streamer on twitch it's a crime that she is so creative. And she has heard me say this three times already because <laughs> <laughs> I messed it's, up. It's sweet every single time. The first time, I think it was my fault, to be fair. I think it was my fault the first time. Yes, but so. we, we fixed it immediately afterwards, like <laughs> a minute into it. And then afterwards, it was like an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen it's Opera Katrina. Thank you, Katrina, Hello. for being back here. Yeah, returning it's to the good show. To be back. Thank you again also for re-recording this again <laughs> no problem i'm excited to rehash barbarella one more time yeah so if you're if you're listening to this i uh we recorded a whole episode uh like almost an hour discussing barbarella which is the film we're discussing today yes um and then right where we're almost about to finish i realized that zoom was not recording oh no <laughs> i have never been more disappointed in myself before. Well, maybe I have. But this time, it was just like... Yeah, this is the most you've been disappointed in yourself. I feel like you're doing pretty darn good. So let's (laughs) take that as a win, right? (laughs) A win is a win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I just felt so bad because um, I had it recorded on my end. um, But I didn't have it recorded um, on Zoom. And Katrina, you are also you also weren't recording on your end either, so yeah. that that's on me. I, I should have been a better director, better host. Hey, it's okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna make it better this time. If anything, we know exactly what to say this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we had a rehearsal. There we go. Just like Nathan Fielder would have wanted. <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna do a different icebreaker today. Um, okay. We already heard. I I heard your icebreaker, but. You know what? That's going to be lost in time. That's going to be lost in media for us. I'm fine with that being forgotten, honestly. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you, what's your favorite scent? Like like what? a fragrance. A fragrance. Oh, okay. I was like like seeing, hearing. <laughs> People always think Like that. the five senses. Um, my favorite scent. Ooh, that's... Ooh, I don't know if I have a particular favorite one. Hello, Bob. Stop it. Oh, this gives me time to think about it. What is my favorite scent? Money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, well, I feel like, you know, when people are like, what's your favorite movie? And you don't have one and then you just panic. Um, uh, uh. Yeah, I know. I like, no, that's too cheesy. Old books are good. <laughs> I don't really like fresh cut grass. I like the character fresh cut grass. Um, Who is that? It's. Uh, in the new season of Critical Role, it's Sam Riegel's character. He's a cool robot. I knew yeah. that, but for people who didn't know that. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, cats. Smelling my cat's belly. There it is. Your cat's belly. 
Yep, cat's belly. <laughs> you just hold it up like that. <laughs> Cat people get it. I mean, dog people get it too. They probably like this and sniff their dogs. Maybe hamster people too. I don't know. Yeah, give them a little sniff. Would... <laughs> let me see if my dog will let me pick him up so I can sniff him. It's like these cats lick themselves, but I still like just want to smell him. They're cute. They're good babies. Yeah, he won't let me pick him up. <laughs> no, he said no. Sorry. It's like I don't understand dogs because like sometimes they'll just like lie, like sit at your feet like this, staring up at you, and you're like, you want to come up and you try to pick him up. It's like no, no, I just wanted to look. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> They're so weird. No, no touching. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're discussing Barbarella. Barbarella is a 1968 science fiction film directed by Roger Vadim, based on a French comic series of the same name by Jean-Claude Forrest. The film stars Jane Fonda as the title character, a space traveler and representative of the United Earth government sent to find scientist Durand Durand, who has created a weapon that could destroy humanity. This film was on my watch list and Katrina chose it from the huge list. Katrina, why this film out of the whole list I sent you? Because it's almost, I'm almost a little ashamed of myself. I am a costumer. I'm a costume designer. And Barbarella has inspired so many things. And I have never seen it. Uh, so it felt fitting as it's also October to see <laughs> glorious Jane Fonda in her metallic fanciness. <laughs> yeah. And as far as like why it was on my list, I still don't know why. How I got oh. into my radar, radar in the first place. I just remember seeing the very first striptease scene when I was younger. And be like, I could get into this, but I just never watched the whole film. And it's all, I know it's glory, quote unquote glory. Glory. <laughs> so what did you think of the movie? Like, what did you like? What did you think? The costumes were great. And I can see that they were like really in- informative. Informative? No, inspirational. Wow. Katrina learned words. We, this is our third time. Oh, my gosh. The costumes were great. I really like the costumes. Uh, I could see where everybody pulled a lot of science fiction ideas from. But to me, the best part was the production design. Everything was practical. And her spaceship was insane. The opening scene where it looks like she's tumbling through space was all, I I think it had to have been practical. It was 1968. I just Mm -hmm. was blown away by the sets, really. Yeah, that's something that I liked as well. Like the costumes were very unique. It reminded me of The Fifth Element, and then I learned later, oh, because The Fifth Element took inspiration from this movie to make the, the costumes cool. in that one. So it's just a lot of retro futurism that this movie embodies. And like I said, a pr- production design is pretty good. Like for 1968, for a movie like that, for a very obscure film, very odd film, it's really, really good. And we said this in like in our other recording when we weren't recording. For all of the effort they went into the costumes, the production design, and the cinematography and the color design, none of that went into the plot or the story. Not at all. Definitely not at all. Not at all. So that's something we kind of like, dis- we both discussed, like we didn't really like how there was a quote unquote plot, but they didn't really follow it at all. And so the, the very last 10 minutes where it all comes to a head. And then, like you said, the ending sucked. Oh my gosh, it was it just didn't yeah, sucked is a good word. Yeah. Do you want do you want to describe the ending real quick like as best as you can? Uh there is like a liquid lake that will destroy anything that it touches and they release it on this whole planet but it also makes sure there's nothing left behind and an angel a, a big blind angel named Pygar takes uh Barbarella and the the villain uh flies them away into space. The end. And, and- 
what did Barbarella say? What did Barbarella ask Pygar? What? Why was? And what did I, I he think say? She, he he goes. Oh, she asked him, "Why did you save the great? What is her name? The great tyrant? Like it's yeah. literally like the great tyrant." And he goes, "Angels don't remember the past, or something like that. Like that. Like I forget people's past sins is basically what he said." And, 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 and it ends <laughs> like and, that. Yeah, he's like, "I forget." That's essentially ends. what he says. Yeah. Even with the context of the film, even if you watch the whole film, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it makes zero sense because he doesn't talk about that kind of stuff at all throughout the whole film. He's just kind of like a quiet. He's almost like a child, honestly, because mm-hmm. he's like, I thought learning of him, his way. Yeah, I thought of him as like a dog. <laughs> and and like, for viewers, he doesn't. He looks like Rocky Horror from Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's like blonde with like a. A little bob, right? He's got a blonde bob. He's in kind of a diaper. And then he has huge mechanical feathered wings that really work. And he's blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's blind. Yes. And if you don't know, you don't remember his name, he says it a few times. Like, I am Pygar. Pygar. <laughs> yeah. And this is Barbarella's like main love interest. Yeah. And yep. she has a few trees throughout the film, which yes. um, let's discuss that. Um, there are a few characters that she meets throughout the film. When she crash lands into this planet, she first first meets some like alien creatures who look like little children, yes. who creepy twins. Yeah, children of the corn type mm-hmm. of vibes, like you said yes. before. And they take her prisoner, and they lead her to their lair mm-hmm. via a stingray sled, stingray pulled sled. Yeah. It's literally like a big, it's all practical, which makes it so cool. It's a, a stingray and there's like two hooks in the either eye and then it's leading back to skis. And I think there's like kind of a joke where Barbarella is like, but I don't know how to ski. And she's in the middle and there's two creepy twins on either side of her holding her hands and they're skiing. They're just skiing. They're being sled by this stingray. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. <laughs> makes no sense, but we were, and it also goes way too long. Like, and I guess yes. they wanted to like show that they made this, but I was like, I don't need to watch a minute and a half of you going across this pond. <laughs> yeah. And eventually she goes and meets some aliens that look like children that want to mm-hmm. torture by releasing killer dolls on her that want to yeah. like chew oh, off her dolls. costume. We didn't talk about the dolls. Yeah, they no. just have like pointy teeth and they just chomp walking towards her and she's just screaming and they bite her into a new outfit. Yeah. They chew away basically. her clothes and she gets a new new look. And then she's eventually saved by this one man who's called, I don't remember, the Watcher or whatever. He was like a trapper. Like he looked like yeah. an old school trapper. I don't remember what his name, the Watchman. I can't remember. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he basically says, I could take you back to your ship. And then in the little wind, the sail boat thing that ski, I don't know what it's oh called. Oh my gosh, it, it was like, it blew up with like hands mm-hmm. that had, and they were like the wacky waving inflatable tube men kind of, but clear. And then mm-hmm. air like blew into that. And it that was also practical, which was crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah. And weird. And the, inside the little vehicle, mm-hmm. she says, I don't know how I can repay you. And he's, and he's like, well, you can make love to me. <laughs> I'm like, that's very forward to you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. And she's just kind of like, okay. And we're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and she, Because apparently on in this earth, uh, in the future, 35,000 years from now, they have sex the way they do in Avatar, 
where yes. they just take some pills and just like hold hands to each other and simulate sex for about a minute. <laughs> yeah, about a minute. And <laughs> which we do see later on. <laughs> but he didn't want to do that. He wanted nah, to do the old school style. The old school way. And yeah. she says, Oh, but it's so distracting. Yeah, it, yeah there's distracting. No, there's no maximum efficiency with it. <laughs> Yeah, like like sex is down to efficiency in the future. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps saying this, like, I know nothing of this. Like, she's like, you want the pills? Pills, I know nothing of this. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know nothing of this. He didn't yeah. say, I don't know. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. He says, I know nothing of this. <laughs> right, because, oh, she, I forgot. She changed her, like, um, dialect thing. So, because they were speaking a completely different language. And I, mm-hmm. she makes a joke. She's like, parlez-vous français? I'm like, they're not speaking French. <laughs> if, not, if they're not speaking English, they're probably speaking the other colonizer language. Yeah. Yeah. So they were speaking Italian. Yeah. <laughs> but she kept going for French. Yeah, Italian. Yeah. And what else? Yeah. And then they, you know, they do the dance with no pants, you know, yep. and she's singing. She's like, it's oh. all furs in there. Everything's covered in fur because he's yeah. like a trapper. And then he, he fixes, quote unquote, fixes the, the spaceship. Mm hmm. It doesn't work, and then she goes down into the underground, and she where that's where she meets Pygar, and that's the guys that she really likes. You know, she really yep. wants to have sex with him. She like she's she actually initiates it with him. And at first, inside a nest, inside a nest, <laughs> yeah, inside a literally, nest. he lives in a nest. They're like, he's an angel, or is he a giant bird? We're not sure. And she's like, that's so cool that you live in a nest. That was like oh, a God, turn on like, for her. Do you remember? That? It's like so hot that you live yeah. in a nest. Oh my god, so hot right now. <laughs> and we oh yeah i forgot that like when she first meets pygar she learns that he's blind and he has wings but he can't fly because he has lost the will to fly he's and then the after having fly. after having sex with her he found out how he somehow found out will to fly again we learned that all he needed was some punani to fly that's all <laughs> and, he said, and then he said step for profit like he's ready to go <laughs> he's ready He's yeah. like, yeah, that's all I needed. That's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> Who else did, he, she, did she sleep with in the film? There was the guy with oh, your yeah. favorite name. The, the revolutionary. Uh, yeah. She meets a revolutionary who is hidden underground in the city of evil, by the way. Mm-hmm. His name is Dildano. <laughs> <laughs> Dildano. <laughs> and he doesn't want to do it the old way. He wants to do no. it her way. Mm-hmm. Which is the simulated sex where like they hold hands and they show what it looks like where basically when they when they orgasm, the hair unfurls, the hair cl- yeah. curls up. But apparently it was his first time and so not only did it happen to him like that way, but it's like smoking, like he almost is set on fire. Like yeah. I'm thinking like you almost killed this man, you know, just from like too much pleasure. <laughs> and it was funny too. Because at the beginning of the movie, she was like, oh, well, do you want to take the pills? And then by the end, she was like, well, I don't want to do it that way anymore. She was like, that's not fun. And he was like, but I want to. And she was like, okay, I guess. She was like over it. Yeah. That dude missed his chance, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that scene was so weird because also, so they, they put their hands together and like, she goes first, her hair curls, and then she's like here. And then he's still like holding his hand up. So she puts her hand up and this dude appears and he's like, captain. And then he's like, Oh, because he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But Barbarella is conscious because you're both they both like zoom out to another dimension, but she's back now. <laughs> so she's watching this guy watch her and she's just like, 
doing this. Essentially, it was so funny. Thumbs up. Awkward smile. <laughs> and I think that was it. Honestly, I guess I was only three. Yeah. Like um, there's a lot more, but it felt like it bit. Like it was like between other characters, I think. And there was also talking about dying by pleasure when the the bad guy in the film yep. he Duran he t- Durand 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 <laughs> captures yeah. her and posts her in like in a basically an orgasm torture machine. Oh my gosh. Uh, where like can you, you want to describe it how it looks? I think you described it better than I could. Okay, so it looks it's the shape of a coffin and you see Barbarella's face with like a outline at the top of of wood and then below it is she's covered in like really long keys that look like organ keys and he plays the organ at the end so he's like essentially playing a coffin that like just her head shows and like she starts getting like really sweaty and like intense music is playing and it's supposed to destroy her by pleasure and it can't do it because she's too strong she's too strong for it Mm -hmm. well we know that punani makes miracles so why (laughs) would they be able to destroy it right that's the moral of the story here i think exactly that's exactly right (laughs) exactly yeah right after that happens the pacing in the film just like it was like slow but then it goes like up yeah very quick i guess because like when they're writing it when they were making a film they were like wait a minute like we need to finish this movie they're like, we need an ending they set yeah. it up at the beginning and they were like here's what you need to do you need to find duran duran destroy the weapon save the earth and then she was like all right let's party and then they're like oh my gosh we have to figure this out in like the last two minutes it felt like I feel like I blinked mm-hmm. and the movie was over. I was like, this movie was so slow and now it's done. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said it b- better. Like it could have done better with uh with a much more skilled editor. Yes. They needed discipline. an editor. They needed better pacing. The pacing was really bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, can you give an example? Uh, well, there was the stingray scene. Uh, there was also... <laughs> When she's rolling around, they have this ship that is all faux fur. Like everything is covered. It's like a shag rug, like floor like to basement, ceiling, like 70s basement. Cause there's like, you know, it goes down like uh, the impressed, like control pit, the cockpit and stuff. She rolls around because like the ship's being hit for a good minute or so. And we don't need that much. Like we got it. They just kept and they knew like, oh, she's falling again. It was like maybe two minutes of her rolling around in the ship that was like, we didn't. We didn't. We got it. We got it. The first roll. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny after the third roll. The fifth roll, maybe it's coming back around. But by the seventeenth roll, I'm really far pulled from this. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and there's another scene where it's just like the fact that her ship can't get kept getting destroyed. Yes. Like at different moments, like <laughs> her poor ship. Is she getting off this planet or not? And then it's finally fixed and he sent it up to space so like the villains wouldn't be able to get it. But it doesn't matter in the end because she doesn't go to it in the end at all. It's like maybe that's where they were headed, but it's very unclear. But they were flying away with Pygar, going to space with the angel or bird. And with the villain too, because apparently angels don't. It's it's such a bizarre. She was hot though. Got to save the hot babes. She showed up in an eye patch. I was like, capture me. You just reminded me of a joke I just told my friend. Well, like, I have another friend. She was also on the podcast. She basically said on her story, like, uh, gentlemen, if this emo, if an emo girl wants to become your girlfriend during this month, beware, it's a trap. 
she will sacrifice you. And it has like a picture of a very hot emo woman. Like she's she's like scantily clad. Like she looks really hot. And I just text her like, listen, if she looks like this, I'm falling for that trap. <laughs> I'm falling for that trap. Trap successful. <laughs> I'm falling for it. So yeah, you just got to save the hot babes because you know. Got to save the hot babes. Gotta I, I want to bring babes. up another scene that was just to show hot babes is they're in this city of evil and she's like looking for Duran Duran and she's running away. She just escaped jail. And then she walks into this open area where there's three giant circles filled with water and there's one man inside it. And there's a bunch of women like hot babes, hot space babes, hookahing the essence of man and she sits down with them instead of continuing like clearly he's not with these hot babes but she sits down and she's like hey where's this guy and they're like nah babe take some drugs and she starts doing the hookah and then she and then he caps her yeah yeah but hot babes just babes just gotta save him yeah save the every babes. time yeah whenever they're not saved i get disappointed like hey why 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 <laughs> <laughs> the set's really cool the pacing sucks yeah. And there are some like really silly moments where you're like, this could have been like a really funny, campy like walk. But then you're like, oh no, they didn't want it to be. They didn't know what they wanted, I think, in that film. Yeah. That's what I think too. Yeah. It could have been an email. <laughs> so I want to talk into the production of this film. So as far as the costumes, all costumes in the film were designed by French costume designer Jacques Fontere. Uh I, I don't know how to pronounce French names. Um, it's not my fault. The French just don't know how to write, I guess, or pronounce things. It was manufactured by Sartoria Farini, with Barbarella costume in the final scenes being, as the credits put it, inspired by the ideas of fashion designer Paco Rabani. I think she changes eight times. I wrote yeah. it down. I think it's about eight times. And every outfit is great. Most mm-hmm. of them are silver, but she does have one outfit that is green. That I, I like that was one. Pretty, yeah, the green one is fun. So the guy who wrote the comics, Forrest, um, he worked on the film's production design, and he was credited in the film as the artistic consultant. Mm-hmm. In a 1985 interview, he said that during production, he did not care about the original comic strip and was more interested in the film industry. He said later on that he thought the Italian artists that were behind this film were incredible. They could build anything in an extremely short time. Yeah. He saw all the daily rushes and he said the choices that were made but for the final cut from those images were not the ones I would have liked, but I was not the director. It wasn't my affair. But it's just cool that he was just a part of the Yeah, it's super production. cool that he was involved. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to repeat my joke from last time. Yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> uh, because nowadays um or it's been it's been like this for a while now like a company will like look at an ip and the t- intellectual property from a small artist be like hey uh we'll buy this for you for two dollars and we'll make billions out of it yeah it, it sucks because nowadays the they're like oh let me buy your art idea and turn it into not art and mm-hmm. they don't get yeah. paid enough for it either the most recent example i can think of is with thor the last movie that just came out uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yeah, yeah. So even though some of these artists and writers aren't the creators of Thor, they still wrote the comics that inspired the film, and they used those shots as direct one-to-one scenes. But it didn't work in the film because the film sucked. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't see the movie. 
but I just I've, know. From, I know I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen so many, and I I like want to like it because it's Taika, right? It's Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the the latest Thor. I thought they were going on a fun path. I like the idea of the eighties, but every everyone has said it's bad. Mm-hmm. I will still wait to give my like. I'll I will watch it, but I don't think I've heard one good review. Yeah, and I, I'm on Twitter a lot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there's this one scene where it's like the head of a boy, like magically appearing, and it just looks so bad. Oh no! Yeah, I heard the CG's bad. Yeah, so I was like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not watching this movie. I'm gonna watch yeah. it for free." And even yes. then, I'll, I'll still feel robbed if it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie was filmed. Barbarella was shot in, in Rome, and to film the striptease uh, title sequence, Fonda said that the set was turned upward to face the ceiling of the soundstage. A pane of thick glass was laid across the opening of the set with the camera hung from the rafters above it. Fonda then climbed onto the glass to perform the scene. That so, so cool. That is it actually thing. looks like she's floating in space. Yes. I, I In the other take, I said, I thought at the beginning, I, I talk about this because it is the coolest, weirdest thing. I was like, oh, maybe she's, they filmed her down on the ground and on a green screen and then they, mm-hmm. they put her in. But the fact that she's, and it looks real like it's so neat it's a very cool special effect it's truly like you said before it's movie magic movie magic and this is also the part where i talk about how she was basically tortured on set by her husband because her husband's the director by the way her husband's the director it's grounds for divorce what the more that you hear about how this was filmed it's like jane get out (laughs) like get out they get divorced so so other scenes involved hanging Fonda upside down in an enormous vat of oil and dry ice and her stomach being skinned when being oh shot gosh. through a plastic tube. And for the scenes involving the excessive pleasure machine, Fonda and Milo O'Shea were not told of the explosions that would happen on set since the prop was rigged with flares and smoke bombs. Fonda explained that Vadim wanted us to look natural, so he didn't tell us what a big explosion there would be. Aye. When the Can machine blew up. That? Oh my... Flames and smoke were everywhere and sparks were running up and down the wires. I was frightened to death and poor Milo was convinced something had really gone wrong and I was being electrocuted. Yeah. Oh my God. Listen. Like, I'm not a there's co- no way. that's Because I was like, how did he get away with not telling them that? And I was like, oh, because he's like, that's... And I said this, he's like, my wife. <laughs> and then he was like, I'll get away with it. You know, ask, he pulled like an ask for forgiveness situation and it's pretty messed up. Yeah, I'm like, not. This isn't a dramatic thriller. This is Barbarella. Oh my god! Really? Can Seriously? Act being surprised and scared. Like you saw Pygar acting. Like I'm pretty sure they can act surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure. I'm not a confrontational person, right? Um, but if this happened to me, and the director did not tell me that it was happening, and they just wanted my natural reaction, I would be pissed. Oh my god! And I would walk off set uncontrollably upset yeah not cool not cool whatsoever yeah the essence of not cool i'm also going to read some excerpts from an interview with jane fonda by roger ebert he visited a set when they were making the film i'm just going to read the first few sentences just so you can understand what she went through when the press agent returned from jane fonda's dressing room his face was grim she's covered with gray noxima he said they tried grease, but the plaster kept sticking. So now they're trying Noxima. You wouldn't believe what she's been through. Oh my gosh! So I'm gonna talk about the the bird scene. Oh, so the birds! Yeah, we have to talk about the birds. So 
Jane was to appear in a scene where about 2,000 hummingbirds would attack her and tear off her clothing. And they're not, spoiler alert, they're not hummingbirds because I don't no. know how they ever would have been able to do that. Hummingbirds are like so finicky. Yeah. So, and the reason why they didn't use hummingbirds is because the Pan American Tropical Bird Act of 1923 made it ah. illegal to ship, ship real hummingbirds overseas. Okay. So, the, the actual birds they use are like, they're called wrens and lovebirds. And they got cold feet over the scene. So they the shove de- her into a glass box and they want the birds to attack her. And these are like peaceful birds. So right. Like, I don't want to attack this lady in this weird chain mail outfit. <laughs> so Vadim got this big fan to blow them at Jane. Then they put bird seed in her costume on the theory that once the birds landed, they'd be ready for a meal. Oh, no. But by the time the birds got blown through the fan, they had lost their appetites as well as most of their control over natural body functions. So it was all a little messy. To complicate things, the birds all got together and huddled on the downwind side of Miss Fonda, who was afraid she might squash a couple of hundred. After two weeks of this, she got a fever. Not just a couple, a couple of hundred. A couple of hundred. There were a lot of birds in that scene. There were so many birds in there. It's like you hear just a couple and you're like, yeah. And then you're like, hundred. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And after two weeks of this... Listen, it's a very short scene, which credit yes, to the editor. Could have it, been cut. Look, it looked like it was just a short scene, but like it was like two weeks of shooting this. Weeks. And she got a fever and was hospitalized. Because they were pooping on her because they were right. scared little birds. And you all have heard of like the aviary flu and stuff, right? Like avian flu, like birds are, birds get you sick. And I'm going to talk about what, how she got skinned. I feel absolutely flaved alive, Jane said. First, they put oh the plaster gosh. on without anything on underneath and took off about seven yards of skin and my tummy was sore to begin with see in the planet i land on people travel by being shot through plastic tubes of by compressed air so we did this scene where i get shot through the tube and my stomach got skinned on the plastic ouch so roger decided to try it again only this time they sprinkled the tube with talcum powder or talcum powder and then it worked so well that i hurtled out the other end of the tube oh my god and at this juncture, Vadim came in from the next room and took a seat. She is a brave girl, he said, patting her hand fondly. You would not believe the scenes uh. she is doing for this movie. Just the other day, for example, we hung her upside down in an enormous vat of oil and dry ice. The dry ice made the vapors, Jane said. That's right, said Vadim. You see, the oil wasn't actually boiling. He shrugged his shoulders as if to suggest the director could hardly be expected to boil his wife in oil when the movie is only half finished. Couldn't you know it wasn't boiling, but it was still oil, sir. Like no one thought it was boiling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Divorce. Yeah. Honestly, like after reading this, I'm like, you know what? Divorce. 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 I'd be interested. Do you know? Because they you said he had a history of like he was married to Bridget Bardot before Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how long after this they separated. Oh, let me see this. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, was this like during? Like, because, like, this is so many reasons for divorce. So, the movie came out in 1968. Yeah. So, he was married to Bridget Bardot from 1952 to 1957. Okay. Oh. And then, and then Annette Stroyberg from 1958 to 1961. And then to Jane Fonda from 1965 to 1973. So, she really. Okay. She was really with him for like another six years after that. Six, mm, five, wow. six years. I wonder what was the, what broke the relationship if it wasn't if, if, being boiled like if, in oil if, if it wasn't that yeah what was it <laughs> all right 
that that's curious it's very yeah. curious yeah she also didn't enjoy she described that she had discomfort on the film set in her autobiography fonda said that vadim began drinking during lunch his okay. words slurred and quote his decisions about how to shoot scenes often seemed ill-considered Ooh. and she was also bulimic at the time and she felt like a young woman who hated her body while she was playing a scantily clad, sometimes naked sexual heroine. Yeah. And she just did not feel good when she was shooting that. And Vadim would later state in his own memoir that Fonda didn't enjoy shooting Barbella. Specifically. Didn't? He knew? Yeah, he didn't. She didn't enjoy it. Did not. Yep. Ugh. Um, so, yeah. That's so, like, it's really difficult because obviously like if she's going through bulimia she already had like a lot of like mental faculties like hurting her but i wish she could have enjoyed it because like Mm -hmm. she looks so badass in that (laughs) movie it's good to know that like jane fonda is like still around and you know awesome so i hope that it like made her better because she looks really cool in that movie (laughs) yeah it's like a lot of things where like when you're young, you have all these insecurities, and then you grow a little older. I'm like, wait, why did I? Why did I? Exactly. Why did yeah, I think that I, way? I hated. I thought I was so ugly at 18, and I was like, girl. So now, anytime <laughs> I'm like, you're ugly, I'm like, you shut your mouth, because you know, in two years, you'll be like, why did I say that? So I've, right. I've tricked myself into knowing that I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was like my early 20s, like late teens, early. Tw- Actually, I remember. I, I want to discuss this here first because it's relevant to like a future project I'm going to be on. When I was 18, I had a conversation with myself before I started college. Like, I'm not the most handsomest guy. I'm not the most athletic. I, I'm i not that smart. But one thing I have going for me in dating is I'm funny. And I'm going to use that as long as possible. And That's I, good. And then I realized, like, I realized like, wait a minute. Why did I think I was ugly? I'm looking at old pictures yeah. of myself. Like, <laughs> like you're excuse me you're not ugly <laughs> <laughs> and i also like had insecurities with like my own body as well uh especially like around now it's like 22 or whatever and i took a picture with this girl like um when i first met her like when i first started university right i'm like oh it's just a nice picture we took and i look back at the picture because it was four years ago and i look back i'm like wait a minute i had nice hair <laughs> like, hey, it was you nice. Still have nice hair <laughs> Like, it was, like, slicked back. It looked yeah. nice. I was, like, I wasn't as fat as I thought I was, you know? It's Aww. like, man, what, what what, what, was I thinking about? Like, why was I so insecure about around the women? We're like, our own worst critics. Oh, uh, it's true. So what, what, she, what Jane Fonda went through, it's not it's not unique to her in a way. So like, right. it's something that we can all understand and yeah. we can all relate to is what I'm trying to get at by relating my own story to this. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. As far as the reception to the film, it's pretty much what we said, you know, where like we enjoyed the art direction, the costumes, set design, but the story is just lacking. Yeah, there's not really a story for being based. I And, you know, I know nothing about the comics either, so I don't, I'm not sure if there's also no stories in these, but a lot of times comics are pretty elaborate and like long form <laughs> stories that you can use as a base, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And even even if not, if you get a really good writer, they can yeah, actually yeah. do make something just, out of it. Just hire a writer and an editor. Like, oh my gosh. It's difficult enough to adapt something onto the screen. But I feel like with this, it could have been better with just editing it. Like just the story, yeah. just the screen. Just literally, yeah. Just like, go just for it. Like one more time. Twenty minutes, I think they could have they could have made a better movie, even. 
Yeah. Can... Keep the nudity though. <laughs> yeah, nudity is fine. Like let's yeah. keep that. Let's yeah. keep that. <laughs> There's this one reviewer. I'm not going to go into too much into what he said, but the way his review concluded, he said, his name is Dan Bates. He wrote in Film Quarterly. He concluded his review by saying, in the year that Stanley Kubrick and Franklin Schaffner finally elevated the science fiction movie beyond the abyss of the kiddie show, Roger Vadim has knocked it right back down. Ooh. And it's harsh. Yeah. Burn. My gosh. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Franklin Schaffner is the guy who directed um, Planet of the Apes. So. That is a burn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's quite it's quite the elaborate burn. I don't think we get enough of that these days. We're like, people are like, oh, well, you suck. What? Yeah, no, this is like an intellectual. Like you have to like think about level. that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I'm oh, like, wait, whoa. wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think about it. Like, whoa. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like one of those where I was like, I feel like, are you insulting me? <laughs> <laughs> so. As far as like its legacy and influence, it's influenced a lot of popular culture today and also from the 90s. So the film's costumes influenced Jean-Paul Gaultier's designs in The Fifth Element, um, the movie that starred Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker. I always forget he's in that movie. (laughs) Chris Tucker or Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Bruce Willis is like, I had a weird thing, like I hated him. I don't know why I had like a weird thing against Bruce Willis. And then at one I watched, I don't know what movie it was, but I was like, oh no, he's like a good actor. <laughs> I need to chill yeah. out. Um, so now whenever I see him and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm like happily surprised. I'm like, oh, here he is. Hello. It's so funny because like he eventually, I guess like the second half of his career was more like action films. When yeah. at first it was all comedy. And when he first started in Die Hard, when people heard that he was going to be the action star, they laughed because- yeah. It's he wasn't weird to known think for of that. Him as not an action star, he he's not known. He wasn't over that. And like I know, yeah. He's just like he's just a really good actor. Like he could play both. He could do both. Six Sense and... is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> See the pl- the twist. That's my in that. favorite sense. The Sixth Sense. <laughs> <laughs> the twist in that movie is that the main ca- main character was played by Bruce Willis the whole time. Right. <laughs> 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 Let's see. And I guess the biggest influence is um, the English New Wave band Duran Duran taking this yeah, name from the film. Yeah, it's got to be Duran Duran. They just took the D off the end because it's D-U-R-A-N-D is the Duran Duran is the name of the evil guy. Yeah. But they are Duran Duran. And I had no idea that blew my mind. I was like, yeah. I, go, I immediately I was like, is that my partner was like, yes, that is where Duran Duran came from. I was like, wow. Oh, see, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And their concert film called Arena, Milo Ushe reprised his role from Barbarella for that concert film. That's so cool. And other music videos were in, were influenced by Barbarella include Kylie Minogue. Is that, is that, is that right? Yep, that's right. There we go. Um, her song, Put Yourself in My Place, Katy Perry's E.T., Break Free by Ariana Grande, and In Walks Barbarella by Clutch. And some people have said that like, Lady Gaga has drawn influence from Barbarella. And I agree I with would that. think so. With all, She does a lot of like metallic, and she's blonde classically too, but metallic like armor outfits. That's very... She also works a lot with Jean-Paul Gaultier, so I feel like... Mm. Yeah. Okay. And also, was it, what was the last album she just released? Is like Chromatica, whatever Chrome. Chromatica, yeah. Yeah, so I can see the huge influence from that on there Definitely. too. Definitely. 
There was a proposed sequel to the film. Producer Robert Evans said that its working title would be Barbarella Goes Down. <laughs> Where's she going? She goes to Australia. She goes down. <laughs> That's not what I thought when I heard that. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, she yeah, goes no, down. It sounds something like something else. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> With Undersea Adventures, Terry Southern said that he was contacted by De Laurentiis in 1990 to write a sequel, quote, Who on the cheap. Who is De Laurentiis' dad, the, the chef with a really big head. Have you ever seen her? Giada no. De Laurentiis? Yeah. Uh, she's his daughter. She's like a all over Food Network. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So the nepotism. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was contacted by him. In 1990, to write a sequel, quote, on the cheap, but with plenty of action and plenty of sex, and possibly oh. starring Fonda's daughter. That's fun. Yeah. And a new version of Barbarella was proposed in the 2000s, and director Robert Rodriguez from Spy Kids um, <laughs> fame nice. was interested in developing a version of the release at, um, after the release of Sin City. Universal Pictures planned to produce the film with Rose McGowan playing Barbarella. Okay. And when the film's budget exceeded $80 million, Universal withdrew. And Rodriguez said he didn't want it to make it look like Vadim's film, didn't want to make it look like the classic film. So uh, he searched for alternate financing and he found a studio in Germany which would provide a $70 million budget. Okay. But he left, he eventually left the project because yeah. using the studio would require a long separation from his family. And on October 11th, 2022, so just 11 days ago. That's so crazy. Deadline reports that Sydney Sweeney will star as a titular character and will also produce the film. And Sydney Sweeney, if you don't know, she's one of the, one of the actresses who is on Euphoria. And, you know, she's young, she's blonde, and she is not unfamiliar to doing nudity on screen. Okay. So so she's, I guess, would be the perfect modern person to do this character in sure. the modern day. I bet if she's they, a good actress, too, if she's on Euphoria. It seems to get yeah. really good reviews. Yeah. And... I haven't seen Euphoria, um, so I can't really attest to that fact. I know I can't either, but I know Zendaya's <laughs> on it, and Zendaya's great, and they've won awards, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's all, that's all the information that I've learned for today. I feel like I just need to reiterate that we're trending, that we picked this movie, and then they announced a new movie. Like, that's like... Before they announced it too we picked it they, before they, they came it. into yeah exactly before this was like over a month ago mm-hmm. they came into our brains and they said what do you think is cool right now and we said barbarella and they said cool we're gonna take that from you so i feel like they do that with me all the time I've, right <laughs> me too i'm I, like how does everybody know my ideas <laughs> i i've always had that paranoia since i was like eight years old i'm like they'll make like a new show i'm like how the fuck did you get my idea <laughs> How did you know? I always had this like this elaborate scheme going on where like the me from the future like wrote all these stories and then a rival like took all these stories from me, like robbed him from me, went back to the past because that was like the prime time to release all these shows. You Marty McFly'd yourself. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Um, but you robbed it from future me, knowing yeah. that past me couldn't do a thing because I'm just a little eight-year-old kid who doesn't know how to fight yet. <laughs> Who doesn't know how? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that was my explanation as to like why all these shows like took my had like similar ideas to what I had. I'm glad you were able to rationalize it. I think they were just stealing your ideas. They just knew <laughs> they were listening. Yeah. 
So that concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much, Katrina, for being here and for bearing with me for another <laughs> recording for this. <laughs> Some would say fat dog for midterms. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a community reference. Zoom and I love community. Um, sorry, I called you Zoom too. <laughs> yeah, you called me Zoom. I was like... <laughs> Jason and I love community. Um, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. And honestly... I'm kind of glad that we redid it because I feel like we we got the the best possible scenario ending. So yeah, we actually we edited. Took, we did yeah, a rehearsal. We, <laughs> yeah, we learned from Barbarella. <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be a very tough question. Okay. Was Barbarella a hit or a miss with you? Ooh. Okay. If it's if hmm, I, I guess it depends on the quality of here because. If it's like, do you want to watch this again? No, I don't ever want to watch that movie again. But do I find parts of it iconic and inspiring? Yes. So would I call it a hit in that sense? Probably. The fact that it's still being like people know what Barbarella is and it's from 1968, I would call it a hit for that alone almost. But is it a hit with you? Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. You know, it was a little slow, but I was enjoying it enough that I took notes. And it wasn't just because we're on the podcast. It was because I wanted to look up the costumer later on. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. I would say for me, I can't call it a miss. Right? It, you can't. I, 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 as far as like the story, like conventionally, like any other film, this would be a miss. Yeah, but they did such a great job with the costumes, with the set design, practical effects. Like, is you have to be amazed by like, just how much they that went into like the technicalities of the film to make the movie magic, right? Yeah. And I don't want to say it's a hit because I've I've said other movies are hits and they're like definite hits. Mm -hmm. But I guess on a technicality, I will call this movie a hit for me as well. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I am. It's it's not like. I'm going to go around and recommend this movie to people, but I would not also like diss it in front of people, you know? I, yeah. Be like they could work on their pacing, but like, it's iconic. Like, you know who Barbarella is. Everyone does. So. Yeah. yeah. And like, if there was like a book of the costumes, like showcasing the costume. Oh my gosh. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. get it. Oh, I'll get it. It's just like inspirational, you know? Yeah. Um, if there's a costume based on the film, maybe I'll wear it. Uh, I'm not sure if I can go out in that in public. <laughs> what? You don't want to wear a diaper and huge wings? Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, if the wings aren't like practical, I'm not wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be practical. They need to move. <laughs> and be able to fly. I don't have six pack abs, you know, and I don't speak like this. I am not Pygar. <laughs> I am Jason. I am hey, Jason. you do a pretty good Pygar impression, though. <laughs> Listen, if it's that easy to do it, and if I'm able to do it, it's not impressive. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. So, Katrina, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me all over as Abra Katrina, A-B-R-A-C-A-T-R-E-N-A. -A -E I'm on Twitch mostly, but I also have an Instagram. Come hang out. We craft and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a good time on Twitch all the fun. time. Yeah. yeah, I always I sometimes like pop up in. I always uh, love when you pop up in. It's <laughs> it's my favorite. I'm like, oh, we have a we have a sighting. We have a Jason sighting. It's very yeah. exciting. 
pop, pop. Zombie, pop, sometimes it'll be pop. from sometimes it'll be from work, like pop, yep. pop from the lunch room, <laughs> or sometimes I'll be in traffic, like pop, pop from traffic. <laughs> yeah, pop, pop from bumper to bumper traffic. Sometimes you're walking the pub. Yeah, it's always good to see a Zoom sighting. I feel it's like a blessing. Like you like saw a double rainbow. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Except you see the birds right here. The birds, yeah. Yeah. Birds. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> That's it for today, folks. You've been listening to the Hitless Podcast. This was season five, episode six. My name is Jason, and until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Bye. Bye.